Kedroyas. You know it. I'm keeping my composure. Man, we just had an experience, didn't we? Is that what you call that? We had an experience. Oh, man. Like, my whole body hurts. <laughs> you know, often when um, when somebody goes through, uh, like, an emotional experience, like the first time that some people saw, like, uh, Titanic or, you know, the first time that you see, like, uh, Infinity War, and, you know, Thanos wins and you leave the theater. You, you just don't know how to feel. You know, Howard the Duck is, is that caliber of movie where, you know, you know what? I'm, I'm going to put a pause on this right now about the uh, the spectacle and the experience that is Howard the Duck. And I want to ask you something else. Like, putting this movie aside, how are you doing? How are things with you? I'm, I'm good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, you good? Good. Mm-hmm. Because it just, it really seems like something's bothering you. And, and that's one reason why I'm glad I had you over, not anyone else, but you over mm-hmm. to watch this incredible piece of cinema history with me. I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else but you. That was a very um, interesting choice of words that you put together there yeah. sir yeah you know i thought that this movie would maybe j- just better your day you know uh <laughs> but you know uh there is something to be said and, and that is like for this cold open eyes i just kind of want to talk a little bit riff a little bit about uh like calibers of movies because there's there's like there's movies that are not for me, meaning that I recognize that there is joy to be found and that a lot of people enjoy these movies, but I don't. Uh, the one I've mentioned most is probably Thor Ragnarok. I understand why people like it. Uh, it's just not for me. It doesn't appeal to me. And, and But then there's movies that I think are just, uh, just bad. And in terms of what we usually talk about, that would be like Captain Marvel or The Eternals. I think that the, those movies are just bad like no real redeemable qualities there in terms of characters adding stories but even with bad movies you can look at some of that and be like but you know what it has something to it and at least it can hit a, a an area where it's so bad that i won't say so bad it's good but so bad that i have something to say about it mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but then there are movies that are so bad that they're good um and man, I know that I've seen quite a few of those, but I'm having a hard time thinking of, of some off the top of, of my head. You, I know that you probably have like a caveat, like a, a laundry list of movies that you've seen that are so bad they're good. I mean, yeah, I've got a few. Yeah. I mean, a movie I still watch to this day after the first time I've seen it was uh, Knights of Bad Astem. It is cheesy as shit. Kind of sounds it. Yeah, it's a very much. It's a LARPing movie that mm. turns in like someone actually summons a demon and they kill everyone. Spoilers, by the way, it's an old movie, um, older, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those movies that it's just it's it's so cheesy and bad and very inaccurate. 
<laughs> but I like it. Yeah. That's that's just the one that pops yeah. into my head right now. Well, I did think of one for me. It would be um, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie. That is so bad, but I have a blast watching it. Really? Like, it's... I enjoy it for all the reasons that the movie doesn't intend for me to enjoy it for. Huh. And I, maybe enjoy is the wrong word, but, okay. you know, I, it, it, it amuses me. Okay. Like the, okay. Like the, a Sharknado kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's like that for me because like the, snakes on a plane. Snakes on the plane. Of, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. It's that kind of movie for me where like the CG is God awful, even for 04 or whenever it came out, like it's, it's bad. Mm-hmm. The story somehow is even worse. Yep. It's very bad. There's moments evil in farm, the uh, e- evil uh, makeup company. Got it. Evil makeup. That's the plot. <laughs> evil makeup. The makeup is evil. Uh, they go with the all new Catwoman, and and they it's Catwoman in name only. If you think about it, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, they go with a new character, patient, patient something. I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm surprised I remember that much of her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but I mean, one thing about the movie that is genuinely enjoyable. Is Halle Berry and uh, Latex, you know, so. I mean, you're right, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you always. Until she puts the, damn, uh, the mask on her head. Then like, it, it loses it for me. It does. Yeah. But that's an example for me of a movie that's so bad, but I still find joy in it because it's it's just so bad. Yeah, like, I, I can, bad. It makes me laugh how bad it is. Uh so there are caliber calibers of like bad movies, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this uh, what we're about to discuss here, you know, we we've had some commentary here, and, and uh, I want to say this also. Uh, I contemplated doing like a live watch and recording of Howard the Duck. I am so thankful you didn't. <laughs> Me too. I I considered it. I mean, seriously, homies, I, I thought about it long and hard. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have Oz and I sit down and we're going to turn on the microphones and we're going to watch the movie and just commentate uh, throughout. And uh, the only reason I didn't is because the times that we've done it in the past, I've realized that uh, live commentary for movies, at least for me, they only work if you've already seen the movie. If you've seen the movie before and you know uh, what's coming and especially if, if, you know, the people who are, who are listening have seen the movie, most likely that's the way that it works the best, because, you know, what's going to happen. You're not worried about missing dialogue or anything. You already know. Mm. And so that is the only reason. Well, with this movie, missing the dialogue would have been a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I am stifling my emotions right now, sir. <laughs> I, you know, it looks like you, yeah, I just thought you had indigestion. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I thought that oh man, this movie was just this movie got Oz. It was just so good, so gripping that <laughs> he's having a hard time processing his emotions. And so I was just giving you some. That time. is not an accurate statement. <laughs> it's just not a good processing. <laughs> uh, but also, before we kick this thing off proper, I do want to say that uh, you were out of town for uh, a, a couple of days uh, this previous weekend, right, for Savannah Con? Uh, that- Savannah um, uh, and Amazing Con. Savannah and Amazing Con. That's a mouthful of a name. It, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, what kind of con was that exactly? Like, what? Uh, 
It was primarily an anime con. Yeah. Um, there was, they had a whole bunch of voice actors from uh, some, uh, some. I think it was, uh, one was Attack on Titan, some was mm. uh, One Piece. They had the voice of Nappa. Oh, uh, nice. From the, yeah, so th- that was really cool. I actually sat in on the uh, the panel for them, because like, I, I, I like... I like listening to voice actors because, oh, like, yeah. that would be a dream job for me, like, being a voice actor. Um, so I, I definitely sat in for that. It was actually pretty cool, like, to, to, to see how they got into the business and stuff like that. And right. um, it was, like I said, it was mostly anime, but, like, they had a hell of a uh, vendor hall. Like, it was very nice. And, like, I, I got most of my, my people, you know, presents and stuff. You did, myself included. Yeah, indeed. Yes, Uh you got me like six issues of a uh, of a comic book here called Calico, or actually, technically, it's called Here Comes Calico. Uh, Calico is the name of uh, the superhero here, uh, and yeah, I definitely need to go ahead and read these and kind of give a uh, uh, kind of like a I guess a, a review or like just my thoughts about this of book. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't I, know if it's any good or not at all. Well, I, just, I mean, I, yeah, like it's a complete local. Uh, like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I don't think it's a local uh, artist, but it was definitely a small. Yeah, this is like their first comic book, and it was um, the guy was pitching it to me, and like he was telling me how like this 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 superhero is uh, very brutal, very violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very um, like Punisher meets the Black Panther kind of feel, right? Um, and uh, he like goes after corporations that uh, abuse animals quite often. Yeah. And like uh, matter of fact, the pro- a lot of the proceeds from the uh, the purchase of these books actually went to animal shelters to help you know abuse animals. So I I was like, you know what? Yes. I have to, I have to get this, and of course, like this has become a trend for me. For it has. You. Every time I go to a con, I always end up getting a, uh, a like a a small town or small time uh, comic book uh, that is because so, I know you don't have that, right? <laughs> because and like that's that's actually very smart, <laughs> right? Right? Like because like you have so many, I don't know what you have, what you don't. So I'm like, okay, I know for a fact he doesn't have this because right. it's new. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I really appreciate that you do that because, like, I mean, and also I love even through proxy supporting like small independent comic book company or you know people who are, who are making uh, comic books themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just because like I think that first of all that's awesome and it's great to have other mediums out there than the big two and then the smaller but still big time companies. You know, right? Yeah. So your Marvel, DC, Image, Star Horse, Boom, Dynamite, IDW, all those guys. Uh, and so it's great to see like other, you know, uh, more independent companies out here putting out comic books. So I really dig that. But also before we get started, one more thing I want to talk about is uh, a Tavern Notice Board. Oh, yes. And uh, sh- uh, you are you, you took a, a couple of weeks sabbatical. Yeah, because uh, we, we had to get prepped for this con because mm-hmm. my, uh, my wife was a vendor. And uh, so there was a lot of, you know, like not being able to you know organize things and like constant busy schedule so and of course the whole weekend i couldn't do any recording or anything like that so uh i plan on picking up next week really hard and heavy i plan on doing uh the review for episodes um seven eight nine and um 10 11 12 of legends of vox machina Mm -hmm. that review uh my guest will be k for that my wife and um then i plan on having our good friend dylan on uh next sunday for a regularly scheduled tavern notice board, uh, we ha- he hasn't given me a topic he wants to talk mm-hmm. about yet, but it's going to be really awesome, I think. Nice, 
And then, of course, in uh, what is is it March or March thirty first? This man already knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, it's the we're going to be reviewing the Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out, Honor Among Thieves. Yes, uh, I am super fucking hyped for this movie. Like, I know, like, I know it's probably going to have a lot of crap that you know, people people are going to hate and stuff like that. But like, I and again, I'm mm-hmm. notorious for liking bad movies. I don't think this is going to be one of them, right. personally. Uh, it's basically based based off the trailers and of course the cast they got I think is fucking great, um, but I will say that all of my friends are getting together and I would like to invite you to come with us on this. I feel kind of I feel kind of hurt now. Well, the reason why the reason why like uh, we're all dressing up in uh, in garb. We're oh. going in full nerd like LARP gear. And going to see this movie. You fucking nerd. You just can't wear a shirt with a D20 on it. You gotta you gotta nerd all the way out. Uh duh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I would love to have you in garb coming with us. I want that. I oh want it so my bad. Gosh. Because if you show up with us and wearing just a D and D t shirt, which I don't even think you own one. I can get one. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you show up and wearing nothing but a D and D t shirt, you're gonna be the weirdo not dressed up. Oh, I'm gonna be the <laughs> God damn. Uh one interesting thing that I'm really really looking forward to hearing about your review on this D and D movie. One thing that I don't think that you have a problem with at all because uh you like bad movies. I think this movie's gonna be really good, by the way. I think so too, yeah. Uh but it's going to be interesting uh, seeing you in a position where you have to kind of build the bridge. This is something that, you know, uh, I've had to do here. Caleb has had to do uh, as well. And, and that is where you, um, like, for example, with a superhero comic book based movie, right? Like, I have to be able to give up certain quote unquote liberties mm-hmm. that they're going to have to take with these movies. Uh, and, and then I have to kind of draw the line between, okay, where are they taking liberties because this is something that, that they logistically need to do to make this into a movie versus a change that they make just because they think it'll be more palatable for people who don't know about superheroes. Mm, I got you. Uh, and, and, you know, um, to a, to a varying degrees, uh, you can probably test this, that they've had to do it maybe with some Star Wars projects in the past. Yep. Uh, but I think that with this uh, Dungeons and Dragons movies, they're going to have to do it also because if only the D&D nerds turn out, uh, then don't get me wrong. If it's tailored just for the D&D nerds and, and nothing else, we'll love it. Oh, yeah. But the niche fan base is never where the money is. The money is always in... Uh, and like you know, the, the the kids or the families who thinks that this looks fun, right? And so the whole family churns out, even mm-hmm. if they don't really understand the subject matter. The trailer looks fun. It looks family friendly, and it looks like a good time for everybody. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, are you going to be able to uh, to be like that's not how it works in D and D? And well, I mean, I I will probably. Uh, definitely talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is the differences between the two. However, like I've always been kind of an advocate for seeing a new person's take on something that already exists. Like, yeah. um, part of the reason why I like a lot of the superhero movies that you, and, you know, you and Kevin and Caleb don't really care for so much mm-hmm. is because... You have bad taste, but we've talked about uh, that. Well, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but is that because I, I have no issues with 
some certain liberties being taken. And also, yeah. I'm not as dedicated to you know superheroes as you guys are. But with Dungeons and Dragons, the wonderful thing about Dungeons and Dragons is taking liberties with the source material. Mm-hmm. I do it constantly in my D&D games. So more than likely, the way I'll viewpoint it is like, this DM change stuff, and I'm cool with it. Right. <laughs> and and that's, pro- that's a fair way to look at it, I think. Well, well, I forget. I know you've said this to me before, but what did you think about the D&D movie that came out in like the late 90s, early uh, 2000s? I remember as a kid uh-huh. thinking it was pretty cool. Oh, okay. Like, as a kid. Yeah. I went tr- uh, tried to go back and watch it. Uh-huh. I got very similar feelings to Howard the Duck. <laughs> Nowhere near as bad. But, like, I was a little perturbed that they super downplayed one of the, the most iconic D&D mm-hmm. monsters and made it, like, a like a, a henchman. See, and that's the shit I'm talking about. Like, your, your, your ability to be able to suppress those feelings. See... But see, in Dungeons and Dragons, they already have those. Yeah. Though they didn't have to take away. Oh. What I'm referring to yeah. is the beholder. Right, right. There is a roaming beholder. For one, it's a lot smaller. Yeah. Which they make smaller beholders. You and I talk about that. It's on my podcast. Right. But they didn't have to make it an actual beholder. They could have made it a spectator or mm-hmm. a, a gazer or any of those. But they used an actual beholder. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but see. And I'm glad you bring that up because that's the shit I was talking about. Because to the people who don't know anything about D and D, to them it's a cool floating eyeball creature. Mm, and, and, and again, I agree. That's that. But you know, for you, someone who knows it so mm. intimately, that's like fair. like no, that's a beholder. And so I, I always love it when people of different fandoms understand the vitriol sometimes that yep. I speak with when it comes to these superhero movies because it, it can easily look like I'm overreacting to something that is a small <laughs> detail. But I'm like, no, motherfuckers, let me tell you, like, the Grandmaster wouldn't be fucking Jeff Goldblum making <laughs> jokes and Ragnar. He would be like... <laughs> but, uh, I, I, will, yeah. I will give it this. Like, uh, from the trailers that I've already seen... They have already done the monsters justice. Yeah. Like you see a black dragon, and mm-hmm. you actually see him spitting acid, which is already right book accurate. Which I'm already happy with. Um, you see the mimic come to life, mm-hmm. which is freaking awesome. So I think that's going to be amazing. Um, so I don't think they're going to do any of those things. I know they've already kind of did it, and the internet blew the fuck up about uh, it about the owl bear, the owl bear situation. Yeah. I don't give a shit. As a DM, I would allow my druid to do that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Owl bears are cool, man. Uh, so one more thing about the D&D movie, and then we'll finally start this review here. But sure. uh, what is something, like a surprise that you hope to see in the movie? It won't make or break the movie for you, but something that you would really love to see. Mm. Honestly, I would like to see... Kind of how uh, Legends of Vox Machina has kind of done a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that is actually kind of having an on-screen representation of passing or failing a check. Yes. I really want to see that in the live-action uh, film. I think it would be great. That would be. Yeah. That'd be... I hope they can do that. And I think they can. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, of course, one more thing. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to have the 
the uh, the sitting around a table way too much planning yeah. something. Matter of fact, our t- table today was very much oh, uh, yeah. very sitting around a table planning <laughs> our next move. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I want that in yes. the movie, definitely. Hell yeah. And, and there's so many, like, winks and nod and inside jokes they could do. And, and if they... If they do it right, it would. I think it would make everybody laugh. People who know D and D and people who are just going for a fun action flick, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, with that being said, homies, one and all, welcome back to another very special episode of the Superhero Homies Podcast. My name is Quentin, and today I'm here with my good friend, the homie Oz. Yo, yo, what's going on, dudes? I, I, I'm sorry, I had to do my own, my Kevin impression. I, and you know, <laughs> Kevin would be more like. Uh, what, what, what can it be like? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys. No, no. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How you doing out there? Yeah. How you doing, man? Yeah, that's, yeah how you doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, We love yes. you, Kevin. <laughs> well, yeah, love you, bud. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys, so as you can probably tell by the description of uh, this episode title, we are here talking about the legendary, the Infamous, the one and only Howard the Duck movie. Mm. Yeah, uh, this has been a movie that's been on my radar for quite some time here. I, I realized something about myself or something that I want to do, and that is uh, this year I wanted to talk more about not just the good, but like the really, really bad stuff. Mm. And uh, and so there's even like <laughs> we a... We did it. And we, yeah, we found it. <laughs> And man, there's even like a few really, really bad comics that I want to talk about this year. I'm going to have to have you read one of those and talk to me about them. <laughs> okay, fair I, enough. I can, I can only make Caleb read so many of these before he just quits on me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so I, I'm really looking forward to that as well. But, you know, I figured for me to start this thing off right, I have to find like a movie that is just notoriously known for, for being atrocious. And... I think I found the perfect one, man, like this Howard the Duck movie. Okay, so for those of you who aren't familiar with Howard the Duck, I mean, Keep he's still... That what's that? Keep it that way. Keep it that <laughs> way. And, and this, I think, is the innate problem with really shitty movies that have source material is that people are so willing to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, Howard, he's still obscure. Uh, but if you read his comics... They're they're not bad books at all. Um, like the, I was just actually going through like the uh, the Wikipedia here, looking uh, looking at Howard to see who created him, and uh, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that like the description they have for Howard the Duck is kind of the same way I took away from the comic books I've read about Howard, and and, and that is like it is they described it as social satire, and I think I used that same verbiage to you just earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we first started, yeah, yeah, uh, and. You know, just reading here from the Wikipedia page, they say that Howard's adventures are general, generally social satires, while a few are parodies of genre fiction with the metaphysical awareness of the medium. The book is existentialist, and its main joke, according to its creator, is that there is no joke. That life's most serious moments and most incredibly dumb moments are often distinguishable only by a momentary point of view. Uh it's it, actually really deep. It is very deep. It's, it's very <laughs> Joker-esque if you think about it. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then it goes on to say, Gloria Katz, producer of the notorious ill-fated 1986 movie, expressed a diametrically opposed opinion of the character. 
Uh, a quote from her says, it's a film about a duck from outer space. It's not supposed to be an existential experience, end quote. Uh, she succeeded in the goal that she set out, I guess. <laughs> but you cannot sit here and tell me there was a goal for that movie whatsoever. That is a good point, actually. That is like, there was, mm-mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to give a shout out real quick to uh, the actual creator of the character. His name is Steve Gerber, and uh, he was drawn by uh, Val Meyerick. Uh, th- so those are the two creators. Back in Adventure Into Fear, issue 19, uh, most of what I read from Howard the Duck is written by uh, Chip Zdarsky, a very fantastic comic book writer, in my opinion. Uh, but let's look here a little bit more at this movie here, because I'm, I'm very curious to see, like... Um, the the critical and commercial reception mm-hmm. of uh, of this character, and uh, you know, I also would like to see more about like um, uh, what went on behind the scenes here, because <laughs> there's no way that this was uh this is what they had in mind here. Like, I would like to think that, but there could have just been. Some person who thought this would be a good thing to make. So if they, and this is like, uh, this literally is superhero homies rule number one, which is character integrity, but it also implies the story, story integrity as well. Mm. And, and that is, if you're going to adapt something, we don't expect you to do page for page, panel for panel. No one really wants that unless you're doing a very specific style of story. Right. But you do have to adhere to the nature of the story and mm. try to keep that spirit in your adaptation. Like to be perfectly honest, the first I think two minutes of the movie, I felt like we're going to do that. Yeah. Like you got the very vibe of like the, you know, very Dick Tracy uh-huh. uh, you know, freaking detective story. Right. And then he gets sucked through a wormhole and everything and goes to shit. Almost immediately, right? It, like to the point where I almost wish we could have just seen more of his adventures on Duck Duck World, you know. That's the name of his planet. Yeah, Duck World. I don't they think. Of, hey, hey, hey. They couldn't have at least d- given a name. Don't ask too much of this. All right, the, this is Human World where we're on. Okay, and Howard is from Duck. <laughs> but it World. has a name. It's Earth. <laughs> Duck World needs a name. <laughs> well, uh, it's maybe something here to help you feel a little bit better here as. Uh, this film was directed by a man by the name of uh, Willard H- Hoyuk. Hoyuk? Hoyuk? H-U-Y-C-K. How would you pronounce that? I'm going to go with the way you said it. Hoyuk? Because it's funnier. <laughs> I don't know. Like William H. William H? Yep. That's what I'm going to describe him as here. Good old William H. Yep. Like, uh, he directed this movie? Yeah. Uh, okay. He's the one. Uh, but here's the interesting thing about him here. Uh, looking at him, his wife is Gloria Katz. She, she's the one who had that quote earlier. And uh, she's also an executive producer in the Howard the Duck movie. Here's where things get interesting now. Uh, Mr. Hoyuk, uh, he wrote screenplays for uh, movies like American, American Graffiti, uh, Lucky Lady, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And Radio Land Murders. That actually makes sense yeah. for the, the, the slight cameo of uh-huh. the, yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of starts to, to make sense there. A little bit. 
Uh, and it says he also directed four films that he co-wrote with Gloria, his wife. Uh, and one of those movies is Howard the Duck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They wrote this movie. They, they thought it made sense. They thought it made sense. Enough to make it a movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> wow. Okay. Uh, so let's kind of see how much this movie uh, cost versus how much it made. Interesting. Okay. So uh, they don't exactly know how much this movie cost. They, they uh, say that the, that the movie's budget was somewhere between $30 million and $37 million. Uh would you like to know what the box office was? Ten thousand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movie's box office was thirty-eight million, which means that if the movie on the high end did cost thirty-seven million, that it after, still made a profit. After everything was said and done, it still technically would have made. A one million dollar profit. Now, what all goes into that box office? Like, how long was this movie in theaters? I don't know. But uh, yeah, technically, it would still be considered a bomb. Uh, yeah, you know, it would. But the fact that it, it made it more- did, yeah. But you know what though? I th- I think that they did the. Uh, they probably used the, the what I call the Christopher Nolan technique, and that is. Whenever Chris Nolan is associated with the movie, they lead with that in the trailers. Mm. And, uh, you know, George Lucas uh, is a producer on this movie. He's one of two. Gloria Katz is the other. Mm -hmm. And George Lucas is a producer as well. I I said this when we were watching it. This hurts my soul. Yeah. Like, Like, the fabric of who I am. It's it's almost like a part of me died today. <laughs> Knowing that an idol of mine, George Lucas, created one of the greatest uh, space franchises ever. Yeah. Was a part of this in any way hurts me. <laughs> I, I get it. I do. And... Uh... It's surprising, to say the least, that mm-hmm. George Lucas is associated with a movie like this. Because, like, to me, in no way does it really feel like a George Lucas movie. Because, you know, like, when I think about, like, George Lucas, I don't know. I either think about, you know, Star Wars or, like, his association with Steven Spielberg. And, like, you know, all of those are, like, at the very least, really good, fun movies. Uh, what we got here with Howard the Duck is it's not. Uh, you know, just looking here again at like the uh, the Wikipedia here upon what it had to say about this movie. And uh, it says upon this release, the film was a critical and commercial failure and was criticized for its humor, performances, inconsistent tone and appearance of the titular character through the effects and sound, though the effects and soundtrack were mostly praised. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hold up. Mm-hmm. You said the effects and the soundtrack were praised. Did they watch the same movie we just watched? Uh, they probably had to uh, trip balls on acid to make it through this movie. And like, so I feel they, like we should have been. We should have been. Matter of fact, we we took a shot and drank a drink we to did. get through that movie. Just <laughs> to get through the movie. You know, uh, home is a real fun fact for you guys about our viewing experience with this movie. 
we paused the movie about like an an hour or so into about maybe an hour and ten minutes into the movie, only to realize we had only been watching the movie for twenty seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're like, do you have any alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> this movie this movie is uh what is it, an hour and fifty one minutes. Uh but it yeah. felt it felt like it felt like a three and a half hour marathon, right? Like I felt like I just watched one of the directors because of the Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, like well, I enjoy those movies, but like that's how long it that's felt. how long it felt. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I watched the Snyder cut of the Justice League, right? Without any of the good shit, <laughs> <laughs> any of the good shit. <laughs> that's how this movie oh. felt, and then I, I could never, and I mean never, watch this movie by myself. I, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. And for those of you who have, you are very strong-willed individuals. Yeah. So I tell you what, homies, uh, because we want to save you guys the trouble of watching this. I don't. I don't recommend anyone watch this movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we've gone on. I've gone on record multiple times on this show saying I like bad movies yes. a lot of times. I get that, and I'm cool with it. I'm telling you, homies, do not watch this movie. <laughs> don't do it. No, please don't. But Oz and I, we took the bullet for you guys. So we'll do you the favor. I feel like I took like five bullets. I, yeah, we're, we're bullet riddled right now. Oh, yeah. Like we, have, we have been tagged up. With bullets, rat a tat tat. Like I feel like I, I should pour white water down my throat and like it comes out of <laughs> like the bullet holes. That, that's, yes, that's, uh, that would have been a joke in this movie. I think it would have been. Uh, surprised they didn't go with that. This movie veers between slapstick and oddly raunchy. I thought the movie was rated R. Like. Yeah, especially in like in the first ten first, minutes, yeah. like five ten minutes of the movie, you see, <laughs> yeah, full spoilers by the way, full spoilers. Yeah, you see duck titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's not. He he ain't lying. He he is not lying. Well, yeah. Uh, Literally within the first five to ten minutes, you see full frontal, duck fully titties. feathered duck titties. I, this movie's PG, PG, meaning that if you're an unsuspecting parent, you're like, okay, I can take my kid in here. We'll, we'll watch this. Well, I understand this was during the day and age of Jim Henson. I will never. I don't think Jim Henson would ever do anything like that. No, <laughs> there's no way. There is no way. I mean, he's come up with some crazy things, like you know the yeah. Skeksis, the you know uh, all the goblins from the labyrinth. Not once did I see a duck titty. <laughs> <laughs> Not one single solitary duck titty was ever shown. So let's kind of talk here a little bit about the plot that we get here in this movie because we get. Plot. <laughs> you know what? Let me rewind that. So, Oz, let's talk a little bit about what happens in this movie. Okay. <laughs> the events that occur. Yes. So, like half the time, I can't even look at you straight when we're talking about this fucking movie, man. So, 
Howard is coming home from work, which apparently he's uh, he ends up being what an advertisement uh, agent or something like that. Yeah, some really you know mundane job. Yeah. Like, Nothing against that job, just like Nothing okay, to, whatever. Not what I expected from Howard. I I thought that, that they were going to go the detective route, especially the way the movie opens. It's got yeah. like that smooth jazz. You get to see all the old school like movie posters on the wall, very right. very like Private Eye mm-hmm. style walk in. But no, uh, he goes into his apartment and he looks like he said had a long day at work and he's sitting down and then. I mean, I, I can't fault the movie too much for this because in, back in the OG comics, something similar did happen. This man is sucked through like a wormhole, like a portal, and he's taken from his home world, and he Duck, lands... Duck World. Du- I'm sorry. He's taken from Duck World, <laughs> and he lands on planet Earth. Like, keep in mind, when he says suck through a wormhole, it is not like, oh, he happened to hop in a spaceship and then no. get sucked in. No, no. He is sitting in his fucking chair, mm-hmm. smoking a cigar, and then gets beamed through a house. Like, the rest of the apartment the, building. Yeah. Into space. Sucked <laughs> right in. Yeah. He is thrown, hurled through the vacuum of space. Okay. And screaming the whole time. It's screaming the entire way in the vacuum of space. So uh, apparently, like the the tagline on the original Alien poster is not true. People can hear you scream in space. Howard proved it. Howard proved it. <laughs> and then he lands in what's the name of the city? I think it was called Hunger City. No, I thought it was Cleveland. <laughs> well, was they it make Cleveland? a joke about it? Do they? Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Because I knew that they were in Ohio. Uh, but I thought at first they said it was like a place called Hunger City, but maybe that was just in the song. Oh, it was just in the song that Beverly was singing. That's right, what I heard. right, okay. right. Okay, Cleveland. Because okay. they make a whole joke about uh, like when he first gets there and meets Beverly. Yeah. Like, where am I? Oh, yeah, yeah you're Cle- right. Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah. And he's yeah. like, Cleveland? Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I hate that I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That means something stuck in my brain. Uh, that, yeah, I, and, and you know what? Um, maybe I should just make my enemies watch this movie. I don't know. But Honestly, I don't think I would wish this movie on <laughs> my worst enemies. So, yeah, Howard lands in like this alleyway, and there's these typical, almost George Schumacher-esque goons uh, that are... Uh, Assaulting this this lady, like really over the top, yeah, like warrior style, like the movie Warriors style, right? Punk. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It really is like Warriors. Warriors. Uh, yeah, I said Joe Schumacher earlier, but I think Warriors is more more uh, accurate. <laughs> where, where it's like they just seem so over the top, but also so non threatening at the same time, right? Like, you know? I did, I like, I, and and we we commented on this multiple times mm-hmm. during this movie. When Howard pops the fuck up out of the, the the trash can, these goons don't fucking bat an eye. They just start picking him up and taking him away. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they just like, oh yeah, let's kidnap him, and so they just take this random duck man. But yeah, then eventually, like he he, we get the first of many chase sequences in this godforsaken movie. There were so many chase sequences. There were yeah, like I, very unnecessarily so. 
this movie, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, Oz, but this movie is highly inconsistent. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. So, so, in one moment, they say that he knows Quack Fu and he acts big and bad like he is the man in charge. And then there's moments where he's running like a bitch from like a similar style threat. Yeah. And the, the first. Or kicking doors down. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah, kicking doors down with a uh, spinning back kick, you know, like he's fucking George St. Pierre. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just a fucking badass, I guess. <laughs> Or, or he's not, depending on what the plot needs him to do. Uh, Is this a Mary Sue? <laughs> well, no, because a, a Mary Sue, well, he, he would technically be, what do they call him, a, uh, a Gary Stew. Uh, but a, a Gary Stew would be perfect in every scenario. Howard is not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, eventually he gets away from, like, Barker Gang number one. Through shenanigans and through you know plot devices, and he ends up in a trash can, and this is where we meet Beverly. Well, hold, hold oh, up, yep. like the uh, what I remember mm-hmm. is that these goons that picked him up originally, yep, took him into a nightclub, yep, and pawned him off on the doorman so oh, they could get in. That's right. And then they tossed him in a trash can. Well, no, because he got, remember, there's a scene where he got chased by them. He grabs onto, like, this hook and kind of pulls himself. No, that was after. After they threw him out. Oh, okay. So, and he got chased by some bikers. Yeah, and then he got chased by some random bikers. Wait a minute, yeah. hold on. What was it? Satan Sluts? Satan That's, Sluts. That, yeah. that was the name of them. That yeah. was the name of them? Yeah. Satan Sluts. All right. Yeah. Ah, uh, Jesus fucking Christ, this And movie. then, like, then he, get, he, he somehow knows how to use a crane. Yep. And gets away from these bikers. And then the crane breaks from his way. I work with cranes right. every day. What was that crane lifting? Howard. <laughs> <laughs> well, because apparently the crane can't sustain Howard's massive weight. Oh, so bad. But uh, eventually we are introduced to the character of Beverly. And you and I both... Uh, notice like the same inconsistency here with with Beverly here, and, and that is she is being uh, accosted and assaulted by these fucking weirdo goons. Uh, but she's screaming for help as, as she's, she's punching <laughs> them in the face. <laughs> she she is whooping their ass, and she is she's the one calling for help. <laughs> and it's not done ironically either. It's not like no, yeah. like I've seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer do that. Like, right. that. like it wasn't done that way. It was very much she was legitimately calling for help as she's mounted a dude punching him in the yeah. face. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's to the point where I'm like, I know that they want Howard to come in and save the day here, but I'm like, you're not needed here, man. No, you're not. Yeah. Like she yeah. handled that perfectly. Yeah, I'm like she lives here. Also, homies who live in Cleveland and who are maybe a little bit older than us, there's no way that Cleveland was like this in the goddamn '80s, right? <laughs> <laughs> like punk bands and garages and stuff with behind steel cages. No. Yeah, come on. There's <laughs> just no way. We'll talk about the this movie's many influences later, from mm. Ghostbusters to Oh Lord, it was the heavy Ghostbusters. Heavy Ghostbusters. Right. Um, what else was there? Uh, 
I, I got some other vibes from it, but yeah. they weren't like influences because mm-hmm. the, those movies that I got vibes from are way later. <laughs> There's a little bit of Back to the Future in here. A little bit of Back to the Future, especially, especially with the, the, yeah, the with, end. Uh-huh. The end, yeah. And with the actress who plays Beverly, Leah, uh, Leah Thompson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Phenomenal actress. Oh, yeah. And, and also, poor choice and role for this movie. Well, well, also, Tim Robinson's in this movie. Right? Tim Robinson. <laughs> oh, my God. Tim Robinson's in this movie. I'm already like. I can't even, like, nothing he said stuck with me whatsoever. I was like... This man was yeah. in Shawshank He was in Shawshank. He's lucky that his career recovered from this, and that he was able to do Shawshank. I guess, I'm, I guess what I'm, uh, like, maybe Morgan Freeman's like, I like this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dufresne was in a real shitty movie. <laughs> he didn't think his career would survive. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. That's pretty good. I'll have you narrate, narrate my life. <laughs> oh shit! But uh, you know, after Howard helps Beverly, uh, but, like, yo, this yeah. is the consistency we were talking about. Yeah. Like, not only did he turn into a badass all of a sudden, uh-huh. he's an acrobat as well. Oh yeah, he just started flipping all over the place and drop kicking dudes, right? And then later we see him running like a little bitch from the same types of people. Right. I don't know if I've said this yet or not, for those of you who maybe don't know, but yes, Howard the Duck is a Marvel comics book character. You know, uh, most of you have probably seen him in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He has an Easter egg in there. Uh, He's uh, voiced by Seth Green. And I'm like, wow, he looks really good here. He acts the way that you expect him to act. I wish they'd do something else with him now to wash the taste of this movie out of everyone's mind and memory. I mentioned that earlier, and you were like, no. <laughs> you wanted to remake this movie. Well, I mean, remake, yes. I think a remake. It would be a remake. I, it would be... Okay, That that's like saying Batman Begins is a remake to Batman 89. It is not. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Reboot. Reboot, yes. Yeah, he does need to re- reboot. Reboot, yeah. yeah. I'm cool yeah. with that. Yeah. And again, I even, I, I, like, I think I even said this. I, I think I would really enjoy a detective duck. Oh, yeah. Like a de- detective space duck? Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. I would love that. Same. And, and keep, this, keep the same vibes that the original creator had put into the book, which is, like, the existentialism of it all mm-hmm. and, like, the, the social satire of it all. Because that part, when written real, really does work good. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so after uh, Howard and Beverly uh, beat the hell out of those goons, uh, Beverly invites Howard back to her place. And uh, yeah, so... Immediate sexual tension, which made me feel very uncomfortable. As it should. (laughs) As it should. And again, like, they they don't play up their romance for humor until the very end of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. But... For like ninety seven percent of this movie, their their romance is played straight. Yeah, yeah, and it it is very uncomfortable to watch. I couldn't sit still during a lot of this movie. I, I was like 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 rubbing my pants and just mm-hmm. like no no yeah. no this is just this is so uncomfortable to watch. Like I just felt uneasy. Right, mm. and the, these scenes were a large part of that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they were a huge part of it. <laughs> uh, 
And then, you know, after, and again, another inconsistency here is uh, how people react to Howard. Some <laughs> <laughs> homies, I wish you could just see my face. When said that. <laughs> like, I had like this, like, shocked and like appalled face all at the same time. I just couldn't help it. It was ridiculous how some people were like, oh my God, it's a talking duck to. Eh, it's a duck. Oh, okay. It's a duck, man. What's up? What's your name? How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, so tell me about yourself, Howard. Yeah. Like, it was just so fucking weird. And then you have Tim Robbins' character who nuts the fuck up meeting the guy. Tim Robbins, he's a phenomenal actor. He is. I hate him in this movie. <laughs> I don't believe it's him. Like, right. it looks like him. Right. But I don't think it's him. Like I felt like I felt like it was like watching you know Nicolas Cage in some of his roles, just like out of like yeah. over the top like spasms and shit, like zany, why? yeah, for no real reason, for no reason whatsoever, right? Like from the first time you really see his character, like, yeah, he runs into that boardroom to tell him about Howard, uh-huh. and like he realizes he's interrupted a very important meeting, and he's like, never mind, never and mind, then, like, yeah, slams the door shut. I'm like, really. Uh, that's what we chose to go with here. Also, this movie's uh, runtime of an hour and fifty-one minutes, they can easily cut twenty minutes out of this movie. They could have easily cut an hour out of this movie, <laughs> especially because, like, you got to think about it like this: for the first, almost the first half of the movie, like the main plot is okay. We got to get Howard home. You know, he's not from here. He wants to go home. Is that what what you I, gathered from that? I, I would at least say that's the goal. The goal, yes. Yeah. Um, execution wise, no. no, no. Like it turned into Howard being uh, like th- like this weird love story that mm-hmm. we were talking about, and him like they rushed it. Like you know, I have no issues with love stories. I do with this one, um, <laughs> because it's you know Howard the fucking duck and a human woman. It's just weird. Whatever. Okay, teach his own. However. It was almost like they've been dating for a while when he leaves her. It's been like two days at it's most. Been two days, <laughs> and he goes out and gets uh, unemployment and yeah. gets a job at a spa, a very sexually clad spa. Right, yeah, that's where he gets a job at. And you and I talked about like the logistics behind that. Like he's an alien and a duck. Uh huh. How does he have an ID? Unemployment at all because yeah. he's never worked on this planet. Proof of residency. Proof, like, I mean, you know what? Like, if it, like, if if the premise behind the movie is, hey, we're just gonna throw some shit in there, well, I would understand. Okay, but that, I, that wasn't the thing. I would maybe be willing to give them a pass on all the logistics behind trying to get unemployment and how this movie lacked all of that. I'd be willing to forgive it if him having a job added to the story. It did, it, did, it did nothing. <laughs> if it, like, the only thing it may have added a little bit of is showing how hard it is for him to try to acclimate to this mm-hmm. world compared to his home world. But that at the, the end of the day, it, it didn't mean anything because like him, him and Beverly had like this fight after their one night of knowing each other, and then he storms off, gets tries to get unemployment, and gets the job. Okay, the he works at the job for I guess a day, mm-hmm. and then he ends up going back to Beverly, 
Mm-hmm. But it made it feel like it had been months or something. And, like, he walks back up into this club because he sees the alleyway he fell in. Uh-huh. Because he landed in a chair, very much like his chair. And he's like, he looks over at the club where his, uh, his quote-unquote girlfriend is playing in a band. And so you just get this weird, like... I, I'm downtrodden, and the only light is my girl. Why? From, a, from this. And I'm like, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. And also, again, everything we've seen in this movie doesn't matter. Because... Nothing. Like, like, the, like if you wanted to put it in, like, him having tried to acclimate to this world, mm-hmm. it could That's be done, uh, done in a quick montage of, like, five minutes. Yeah. If yeah. that... Like, show him walk into a room, uh, into a, a job, and they fire him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine, too. We can do that. Yeah, you could do a montage, and that's not even be funny. Like, people's reaction and what they do to seeing the fucking duck. Right? Yeah. Instead, we got at least 10 minutes worth of him being in a, I want to say, a brothel-style spa. Yeah. and Brothel-style. This is supposed to be a PG movie? Right. These people are fucking in these spa pools. Right. And like, honestly, if you could, if you pause it at a certain moment, I guarantee you, you would have saw a, 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 like, at least, you know, some junk uh-huh. swinging around. I guarantee you. You, you could have probably got like an areola or like a nipple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, and, and also, we didn't talk enough about Tim Robbins' character. Uh, we did. Filzy, as, as Howard calls him. Uh, but okay, Beverly says, "Okay, you need to get home, Howard. I know a scientist." And I guess she and and you know when she said that, I was like, "So I guess she so, just." So I guess we can talk about Beverly's character just a little bit. Okay, on that. Yeah, so, yeah, like she is this uh, kind of up and coming musician in a band, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, for eighties, it's South, the eighties. It's the eighties. It wasn't horrible music, sure, whatever, but. It, it sounded like everything else. Yeah. Everything else. Yeah. And so, like, and she had, like, very, like, that's what that's what her job is. Mm-hmm. And she's living in this rundown apartment, and somehow this woman knows a scientist. She just knows. We never get any explanation as to how her exactly. and Exactly. Like, and again. Oh, you know what? You, you know can what? make it work Maybe there's an explanation. Th- there's this, I hate to give this movie any kind of credit. No. But they did they did say that Filzy was dating another member of that the band. That was later in the movie. Not in yeah, the, that's true. <laughs> like yeah. that was later in the movie. <laughs> Jesus, this guy, this godforsaken movie. Mm-hmm. But but then come to find out, Filzy isn't a scientist. He's a lab assistant mm-hmm. who has to do mostly janitorial work. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't help Howard at all. No. Instead, we get a evolution lesson um, that we didn't need. Yeah, of how he figured out how their world works, mm-hmm. how Duck World works, because they also had like this convenient fucking uh, like Evolu- graph, evolutionary chart. So we've all seen the uh, evolutionary chart of you know the apes evolving into men. Right. They had the same thing for ducks. For ducks, somehow already. <laughs> In their display. And you know what? I, I believe that this is supposed to be part of the movie slapstick humor. 
But because the entire thing is so fucking ridiculous. It's not even, like, I like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Like, you know, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, Chris Farley, people like that. Those are great, you know. However, I'm a Three Stooges fan. Yeah. Um, this wasn't it. No. Whatsoever. No. Like, the only time we laughed at this movie was something that wasn't meant to be laughed at. Well, yeah, we laughed at the movie, not with it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, they end up leaving Philzy the first time because he can't help them at all. Uh, he, he's no use to them. Mm-hmm. And this is when they get into that fight. Yeah, they get into this fight. And, like, something right after the fight that, that like, keeps coming up occasionally, I don't know if you noticed this mm-hmm. or not, was Howard has a tendency to raise his arms and go, yeah. and scare a group of kids away. Right. Or a group of people. I'm like, is that, what? <laughs> uh, well, we're going to get to this in a little bit here, but there's a lot of snarling in this movie. Yeah, a lot of snarling. A lot of snarling. snarling. Homies, we haven't even gotten to the villain of this movie yet. Which didn't show up (laughs) until an hour and 23 minutes into the fucking movie. (laughs) By the time the villain shows up, it feels like we're about five minutes away from wrapping this thing up. Yep. But we're not. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) So I remember you paused it at this point. I think we were like, like, how much longer we got? This feels like it's in. It's like, we have another hour of this fucking movie? (laughs) How? Like, it literally feels like it's about to end. <laughs> and maybe that was just us hoping it was about to end. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do want to go ahead and point this out before I forget. You brought up a brilliant point during one moment here with the villain, who I promise we'll, we'll expound on later. But there was a moment where the villain was doing something villainous, siphoning energy, but the music they were playing was like the heroic fanfare music. <laughs> Like, I feel like I want a Final Fantasy VII fight. Like, right. like, it was so ridiculous. Yeah, and you were just like, they're playing the hero's music right now. <laughs> like, should we be rooting for this guy? Like, I feel like Superman's about to land, and, like, you know, he just saved the day. Like, what? Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> so bad. But after uh, Howard and Beverly get into this fight, Howard says he's going to do it on his own and find a way back home and get a job and this, that, and the third. That shit doesn't work out. And a needless use of five to eight minutes of film time they could have cut. Mm-hmm. And we, we go back to uh, to the dive bar that night. And uh, it's there where Beverly and her band, they have this sleazy manager who's making like uh, a fucking uh, Epstein level trade for mm-hmm. Beverly. Oh, That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, this guy, so cringe. this guy slides Beverly's manager money. Okay, and says, uh, he, he all but implies, hey, I'm, I'm paying you this money uh, so that uh, I can have Beverly for mm. sexual purposes. Yeah, it was, it was so, oh, it was so bad. Yeah. And, like, while I don't agree with putting characters like this in movies, if they gave us a hero that would actually kick the shit out of them mm-hmm. legitimately, mm-hmm. I would have been... I, I can't even say okay with it, but at least I would have understood it. Right. They didn't. This guy, his role, and and the manager's role was just to be Dick Watts. Yep. And to the point where I was like, why did Beverly keep this guy as a manager? Well, it kind of gave the impression that he was 
like he kind of owned them a little bit in a way. I don't know how. Yeah, I about to say, but, but there was no explanation yeah. of that. None. Like this is the first time we even see the manager. Yeah. Like she didn't even talk about him earlier in the movie. No. Like it's just this. Well, well, this is also where the inconsistency comes back again because yep. Howard sits down at the bar like he's Billy Badass. I mean, honestly, if he would have kicked their ass after this, I would have mm-hmm. respected this scene a little bit more. Yeah. Hmm. He doesn't. Howard gets his ass whooped at first. By Spanish Undertaker. By Spanish Undertaker. <laughs> Shout out, Caleb. How you doing? Shout out to you, Caleb. This uh, dude straight up had Savandrus' look. No joke. I, I, that When you pointed that out, I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, Howard gets thrown down the bar. But at first you get the obligatory, hey, it's not a talking duck. What the hell is that? Blah. Right? But like, it's, you know what? The, the way that they address Howard, it's not like they're seeing a talking alien duck. They address Howard like, hey, is that that guy who used to be on that old sitcom? What are you doing here? Like, that's the way that they. Yeah, it was very yeah. much like a recognition of like a, uh, a former actor. Yeah. Or something. It's, yeah. It, it's one of those things where it's like, it's weird that I'm seeing you, but not absurd. Right. Like, that's how they address Howard. There is not a single fucking talking duck on the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. Why the fuck are you not freaking the fuck out? Right. But then, of course, like Howard, Howard would walk through a crowd of people and they were like, oh, God. But yeah. Yeah, people fainting and just all kinds of crazy shit. They just they didn't know how to properly utilize this character in any way. <laughs> but uh, long story short, Howard eventually gets the upper hand on these guys, and he's able to you know give them the old one two and what for, and uh, he uh, convinces the manager to give him all the money that aggressive negotiation aggressive negotiation tactics. Uh, Howard is able to uh, get all the money from the manager that was given to the manager by the uh, uh, the sleaze bag, and uh, he also tells the manager to uh, relinquish his position as manager over Beverly's band, and he agrees to do so. And then uh, Howard meets up with Beverly and the band that evening, and Beverly, after knowing Howard for a day, we discover has told her bandmates all about Howard. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I would do the same. Like, if I had just met a fucking okay. talking duck. But you you have to agree with me on this. They give the impression that it wasn't so much about I met this talking duck and more about I met this guy and then we had this it, fight. It, was, it did give off the feeling. I was like, oh, my God, my new boyfriend. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was very much that. Yeah. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. And then she already gave him a pet name. Ducky? Yeah. I'm like, uh-uh, oh. bro. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And, and so the bandmates, be, oh, because they already knew about the talking duck, they didn't freak out at all. Nope. Uh, and then we get Philzy back, Tim Robbins' character. Oh, He brings snap. the pizza. And by the way, they don't have pizza on Duck World. Which was so weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, Howard starts speaking a little bit of like, you know, like the way Americans use Spanish on occasion, mm-hmm. like hola or yeah. something like Torah, Torah, he says yeah, that. Torah, 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 yeah. Like, so that implies that there are Spanish speaking ducks on Duck World. Yep. But there's no fucking pizza? There's no pizza. Uh, there's, there, they have TV that oh, is similar to ours. Uh, they have uh, Play Duck, which they, is like Playboy. Playboy, yep. <laughs> yeah. mm, Again, much. in this PG movie. PG have, movie, yep. yep. Uh, they have beer that looks a whole lot like Budweiser. That's probably like Quackweiser or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there were so many quack puns. 
so fucking quack foo. Yeah. Admittedly, that is also from the comic, so I can't give them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But uh, his use of quack foo, again, very spontaneous and sporadic. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he knew it. Sometimes he didn't. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, on the way out of uh, of like the uh, dressing room where the band and Howard and and Filzy all meet up, Filzy takes a couple of Howard's tail feathers for research purposes. That was such a weird scene. It was very weird. Yeah, it's like you're not gonna take my feathers. I'm like, what? Yeah, and 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 also Filzy he gives off the impression that he's gonna be like a, a villain. Yeah, like I, I I thought like you know Tim Robbins being like. Uh, this is obviously before he became a name, but mm-hmm. like I just got the idea that maybe he was going to be the villain of the story. Yeah, because it looks like not. he's obsessed with like getting rich and famous off of Howard. That's the impression. That's what. You, yeah, yeah, that's the impression that he gives off. Uh, but no, we're about to find out real quick what, what's going on here. But now we have to talk about maybe the worst scene <laughs> in the entire fucking movie. I was like. Part of me wishes we didn't have to talk about this, but homies, you have for this scene alone. Don't watch this movie. Oh, oh, it's bad. It's so bad. So Leah Thomas, they go back to her apartment, to mm-hmm. Beverly's apartment, and, yeah. the, and the actress Leah Thomas, she comes walking out of uh, the bathroom wearing. Virtually nothing. Virtually nothing. I mean, like the the skimpiest underwear she has to own, mm-hmm. and, and like a, like a half kimono thing. Yeah, and she lays down in the bed, and she says to Howard, "Come lay down and watch TV with me." I was like David Letterman. David Letterman. Yeah, yeah. come down, sit down, uh, lay down and watch Letterman with me. And her underwear, and I, and I said to her, I was like, I, I, I know this trick, like. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's less of a trick and more of an invitation. Right. And I'm like, they're not going to do this. They, no, please do not do this. And so Howard goes and lays down in the bed next to her. And almost immediately, shit gets heavy. And I'm like, they're not going to do this, right? And then, then, then this comes like, and, you know, the uncomfortable part of it aside even for a rom- like the romance was inconsistent as well. Mm-hmm. Like Howard was all flirty and shit. Yeah. Now and then, when she starts to actually accept yeah. his flirt, then it becomes a little bitch now, about now it. Now he's a bitch about it. Yeah. I'm now, like, now you're afraid to smash him. Like she's right there, bro, and you don't want to. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, it, I'm not like homies. I had like because mm, the uncomfortable part is. There was a comment about a uh, you know uh, a duck penis made earlier mm-hmm. because of the uncomfortability already we felt for it and so of course I had to Google because I've never seen one yeah I, yeah I described to you like I said uh, I said something about about a duck penis and yeah. how how weird it is and you said well I gotta look that up uh, right like, you gotta look <laughs> shit up like I mean it's like one of those things like you just have to see so I did <laughs> and I'm over here like now that I have this p- piece of information and not only how strange it looks, but also the location of where it is on the duck. I'm over here like, if this is about to happen, that is going to be the weirdest 
thing. Like, like, I mean, obviously they're putting it out there, so uh-huh. our brains are thinking about it. Like, yeah. how is this going to work? Right. And again, in this PG movie. PG movie? Like, you have, like, a half-naked Leah Thompson straddling a duck. And the only saving grace is that Filzy comes in with Dr. Jennings, who is a very important character, so remember that name. <laughs> if that's what you want to call <laughs> So, so Filzy has taken this, these tail feathers of Howard, and they've been analyzed and whatnot, and he says, it's a match. A match to what, you may ask. Well, this is where Dr. Jennings comes in and says... We get more exposition. And at this point, it was so fucking dumb, I could not focus. Dude, my brain, like, because it was it was the visual of, uh, because they decided not to do things. Uh, like, it was uh, Beverly, like, going to kiss Howard on his beak. Mm-hmm. Like, where his lips, I guess, would be. But it was behind this silhouette, very Austin Powers like, yeah. like, and I'm just like, they're really doing this. Re- I-, I thought for sure we were gonna see like a duck boner, like the way the movie was going. <laughs> I I thought for sure. <laughs> oh, and then, oh god! Oh no! Y- you made like the great assessment while watching this movie. You were like, this bitch will fuck anything. She tried to fuck her son. <laughs> And back to the future, and now she's trying to fuck a duck. <laughs> like this bitch here. I'm I mean, like, she, no judgment. You do you. She's, boo. Uh, you're a very pretty girl. You can you can find some some regular dick to go get. <laughs> you know, you got a fucking duck. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and to be perfectly honest, I have to wonder what was going through her mind making this movie. Right, right. Because like she's gone on to do great roles. Oh and stuff. yeah. So I'm and, like over and here. Like, the first Back to the Future was before this, right? That was '85. Yeah, '85. Yeah. So I'm like, why? Why? That was like the movie of the year. You right. Don't, you don't have to take then, this. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie, way below you. Right. I just I can only imagine what this actress was fucking thinking. Like she she acted it the best she possibly yeah. could with what she was doing. The only thing I can think of would be like the people behind the scenes. Like, oh, well, her manager probably said, "Do you know who's attached to this movie? George Lucas is an EP. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the two of the screenwriters for uh, uh, Temple of Doom are making this movie. You need to hop on this." No, that's honestly that's probably what happened. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So then we get the explanation for how Howard got here. It's fucking dumb, and I don't... <laughs> I don't... So, from the basic understanding, yep. even though I was like I was like you, uh-huh. I was so fucked up with the <laughs> potential sex scene between a duck and a woman, I couldn't fully follow what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. But... A, the gist, what I got was that this giant machine that they have created, not sure the exact purpose. No, they turned the motherfucker on. They turned the motherfucker on. Apparently, it went a little haywire mm-hmm. and focused in on Duck World. 
and snatched his ass yeah. out. And but it specifically hit Howard, Howard and dragged his ass through. Yep. And that's how he got. So uh, here's the other thing that doesn't make sense though. Okay. They say as soon as they turned it on, they found a feather and then they compared it to uh Howard's feather with they, which they got later on. And I'm like, how the fuck did Howard's feather get to that lab? Mm-hmm. So I also want to take a moment uh-huh. to, to walk you through that scientific process. Yes, please. I honestly think that these scientists literally took Howard's feather and mm-hmm. the one that they came that came out of their machine and did <laughs> side by side comparison, just looking at it. Yep, that's that's the same that's duck. The same duck. Like the way this movie was made, I don't. I would not You're be surprised. Probably if right. <laughs> that could have been any duck on Duck World. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree with you though. Like, I have no idea how his feather got to their lab, but he landed somewhere completely else, different. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, like I think they said two miles away. I think I didn't yeah, hear that. Two part. miles, yeah. But still, mm. and so now uh, Howard with his blue duck balls and everything. No, don't. Mm. You know they they realize okay, well Beverly, we have to say our goodbyes now because I can use this. Device that they build to to re- put it in reverse. <laughs> it's so dumb. I can put the device in reverse and go back. Home. And I, I love the actual debate between like the assistant and uh, Doctor Jennings mm-hmm. of how like no, we can't do that. It won't work. It won't work. Yes, it will. If we do this, this, and this, and this, and I'm like, I think you're just making words up. And yeah. <laughs> Because the it, it, so we we just literally we just reviewed uh, Ant Man three Quantum Mania. You know how whenever they want to sound smart and sciencey, they just say quantum or the the, the quantum mechanics or like the, the the quantum realm and blah blah blah. Like they they just put the word quantum in front of whatever it is to make it sound smart and sciencey. Do you know anything about quantum physics? Yep, they, they have it. And that's when they do the whole thing where they take a piece of paper, fold it in half, and they poke a hole through it. We've all seen it, okay. <laughs> Uh, they That's did how you do, get to the upside down. Well, <laughs> they, they did it to every every, every pseudoscience space sci-fi movie has to do that. Scene. Uh, surprisingly, they don't do it here in this movie. Surpri- I don't think it was invented yet. Maybe not. <laughs> what, what did Event Horizon do that? They may have been the first mm. if they did do it. Anyways, mm. uh, but yeah. So so now they're all taking this trip to go to this science facility where this device is that malfunctioned. The same device that that pulled Howard through dimensions, they're gonna try to use it to send him back. Except when they get there, uh, this scene. Oh my god! <laughs> this scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thinking back on this scene, it broke me. <laughs> like I think that we were we had been done, but at this moment we were just. It was literally watching a car wreck. You just couldn't look away, but you really wanted to because it was really well, gory. At, at this point, it was like it was like seeing uh, a car accidentally just plow into another car, and then another car plows into that one, and so forth and so. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. That's what it was like at this point. We were just numb. Like. <laughs> So like this was at that point where we, we like we were like this movie feels like it's about to wrap up. How how, yeah. how much longer we got? Another, Another fucking hour. 
<laughs> we still had a whole hour to go. Oh, okay. So, so we, we, we get this worker at this facility here who meets them at the security gate, right, inside the facility. And he's like half burned and traumatized, I guess. But they could have at least found a professional actor to do this scene because this guy had nothing. Nothing. He was just like, don't go in there. The device didn't work. It malfunctioned. It malfunctioned. And then he just. He collapses down to Howard to yeah, say this. To say that. And then he stands up. <laughs> like, it looked like he was about to pass out. Yeah. And then he just stands back up and walks and, out the fucking door. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to clock out for the day. <laughs> I'm good, guys. And just Y'all got this. It just goes the fuck home. But yeah, the, the place is trashed and whatnot. And, uh,. And also something else they didn't explain, right? Um, Dr. Jennings wasn't with them when they went to that facility. He had already beaten them there. Which, yeah, it didn't make any fucking sense. It didn't make any fucking sense. He was with them when they picked Howard up. Maybe it was a deleted scene that we missed or something. (laughs) God forbid this movie was longer than it needed to be. Oh, (laughs) agreed. (laughs) But somehow Dr. Jennings, uh, he had gotten way ahead of them. Made it back to the facility, and they turned the device on again. And before, before they yeah, got, he got there. Before, yeah, and but now Dr. they said that something happened to Doctor Jennings, and they can't find him. They don't know where he is. From okay. from the looks of the thing, it looked like it blasted him through a wall, right? And we don't even see his body. We like, yeah, we don't have no idea where this man went to. But they, this is where they start to imply that something goes came through. Okay, I'm like, all right. Now, common sense at this point in the movie would have you believe they got another duck from Duck World. Sure. Duck from, yeah. duck, from duck World. Maybe a, a sinister duck. A sinister duck, yeah. I'd be cool with a sinister I'll duck. I'd be cool with that, too. I mean, Darkwing Duck done it. Yeah. It? I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm fine with that. No. No, 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 no. No. So long story short here, just to kind of speed through this thing, the cops show up. They try to arrest Howard. Howard and Beverly get away. Uh, During their escape, they find Dr. Jennings, who looks like he's been through some kind of ordeal, but he looks to be mostly okay, just shaken up. Uh, But they get inside of of a vehicle, and they're able to escape via another chase scene. And they escape to a Cajun sushi diner. It was very odd. It was. And this is really when the movie takes a weird fucking turn. This is where Ghostbusters comes into play. This is where Ghostbusters comes into play. This is where they took like a break in production, watched Ghostbusters. It's like, this would be cool. It's part of our movie. Yes. (laughs) So, Dr. Jennings exposits entirely too much. I mean, this man, he's like, it, it, it's almost like what happened to Dr. Jennings is like when you read comic book panels and it, and it tells you what's going on, but Dr. Jennings just says it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, my eternal organs feel like they're being replaced and replicated, and there's something inside of me. So we'll and get you to the bathroom. Like, what? Oh, right. <laughs> And so, long story short, Doctor Jennings uh, he says that he's dying and that some there's something else inside of him and is evil. And then there's this other voice that comes out of him, like tossed like this. And he and this is where the snarling comes in. Nah, you hear that like another hundred times in the movie. That noise. Nah. 
<laughs> that's the noise that you hear for, oh. for the rest of the movie. So I don't know the actor's name to save my life, but he's he's uh, um, uh, he's uh, Principal Rooney from uh, uh, um, Ferris Bueller's yeah, Day from Off. Ferris Bueller, yes. I love the guy to death. Uh-huh. He, he dedicated himself to this role, he even did. though he probably shouldn't have. But more power to him. <laughs> More power to him, I guess. And you know what? He he did the best he could, I guess. Yeah. But my gosh, this was rough. And this diner scene felt like it lasted forever. Oh my god! Like it, like it was the, like honestly, every scene lasted. I feel like That's it lasted true. Way too fucking long. <laughs> yeah. Like we could have done like half well, of all it's of It's like this. it's like this movie didn't have the budget for an editor, and so they couldn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my god! That that is the most accurate way to put that. Yeah, it really it does feel that way. Oh, uh, so all of the scenes just go on forever, and this diner scene—I mean, my god—I I feel it drug way more than it should have. It did, and you get the impression that they wanted this diner scene to feel like, oh man, this is the epic scene in the movie. Maybe they were thinking of like the Superman diner scene, yeah, right? And they needed that in this movie because it's a superhero movie that came out in the eighties. That uh, Superman Returns, yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, Superman two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. But no, that that's not what happened here. Mm. So what happens here in the Cajun sushi diner? You wonder. Well, I'll t- we'll tell you what happens. Uh, the the waitress thinks that Howard is a kid in a costume, mm-hmm. uh, and and you have Doctor Jennings who is acting like an evil, sinister, fucking ancient being who's sweating quite a bit profusely. And then you have uh, uh, Beverly, who was flirting with presumably her child in the duck costume. Okay, so very weird scenario. Of course. Uh, the, and then the, orders the child a beer. Orders three beers, and the waitress doesn't bat a fucking eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. okay. All right. Uh, and then we get the scene where roughnecks come up and harass Howard. This has happened like at least three other times in this movie already, yep. so it doesn't even mean anything now. Yep. Uh, and then uh, you know Howard, you know, fights some back or whatever, and then we get this whole scene. It was almost like a chasing through the through diner. the diner, very much Back to the Future. I think I even mentioned yeah, that as you well. Did. Like you it was did. very much like a, the the Biff scene mm-hmm. in Back to the Future. Where like he's like get your meat hook off, okay, and then this whole weird chase scene thing happens in the middle of the diner. In the middle of the diner, and he doesn't get away. Yeah, <laughs> they they catch him, tie him down. Uh, but the uh, the the MacGuffin of the movie is this code key, what they call it. It's a device yeah. that they can use to activate the the satellite thing that they brought. Yeah. The, oh, so we we, we just kind of glossed over this a little mm-hmm. bit. The Dr. Genesis is now possessed by the dark overlord of the universe. Yes, one of them. One there, of there's them. There's several. Yeah. yeah, there are several. Mm-hmm. So that, that is what's going on in this dark overlord of the universe, because they had to say it all the way, the right. whole, every time, um, has this key code that gets it to, uh, like, that calibrates the machine to lock in on his world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he can just press the button, activate it, and send his. His companions through. The only issue is that they need to have a human host for some reason. Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But uh, yeah, uh, and uh, so one of the the roughnecks took the uh, the code key because Howard had it at one at some point, I guess. And 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 uh, and 
the entire diner now at this point has like taken part of capturing Howard, tying him down. They're about to fucking kill him and eat him. Like, yeah, they're about to chop him up with a meat cleaver. Yeah. And the only thing that saves them is Howard says, Dr. Jennings, they have the code key. We are forgetting a very cringe moment. We've okay. talked about all the other cringe moments. You we are. had to talk about this one. It's where Beverly mm-hmm. yells at the mob that is, ca- is crowd surfing Howard. He is my boyfriend. Oh, yeah. That that one. Oh, that hurt. Oh, God. And everybody stops mm-hmm. and turns and goes, ew. Yeah. Or, or that's disgusting or something of that nature. And I'm just like. And, and by the way, this is the first time in this movie where they've actually addressed that it is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only first and only time where they addressed that it's goddamn weird for this woman to be in love with this duck alien. But anyways, um, I'm processing. <laughs> by the way, they were taking their sweet time with the, you know with killing Howard. The, like the guy had the butcher like in the upright position for like a whole fucking minute, <laughs> and then Doctor Jennings is like, ah, oh, give me the get. I'm sorry, <clears throat> get me the key code. Arr. Which is what actually triggered him to help Howard. Which yeah. is weird. The fact that we got him to help Howard, right? Like they didn't know what to do with this character or this scene. And so he uses his stop motion Ghostbusters laser beam powers. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then his Zool voice at yeah. the same time. And using his Zool voice. Yep. And of course, his face starts to sink in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does a lot of telekinesis, which honestly, there were some decent moments with the telekinesis. Yeah, uh, it, like, yeah like, for 86. For, yeah, not, yeah, 86. Not terrible. Not terrible. But. It was still just, why? Right. Like, at one point, I think he used, like, laser eyes to blow up the ketchup and mustard bottles. Oh, yeah. Which made no fucking sense. It, it, yeah, I'm like, what, what purpose did that serve? My powers are growing. <laughs> yeah. My powers are growing. Yeah. Snarl. Yeah, snarl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, what does he do after this? Oh, well, he does the obvious thing, of course, and he kidnaps Beverly. <laughs> Not forgetting, he beat up Howard with his telekinesis and dropped them on oh, a table. That, that's, yep, that he did. And uh, so he, he got Dr. Jennings, or the evil thing possessing Dr. Jennings, got the, uh, the code key, kidnaps Beverly, and at least they explain it somewhat. He he says my compatriots need a human host, ah. but I'm but also we know he was bringing through at least two other dark beings, but he only had one human host. Yeah, only one. Okay, yep, okay, yep. But then we get this really creepy scene. Oh, the the the, the, duck the tongue. Penis. Oh, okay. The duck penis. Yes, the coming duck, out of his mouth. Coming out of his mouth. That's what it looked like, right? <laughs> Now that I know what one looks like, yeah, yes, it is a duck penis that extends from his mouth as he's like, I need more power. And like he takes the car lighter out of the semi truck mm-hmm. that he stole that he miraculously Mirac- knows how to drive <laughs> and got the keys to, right? And like it, it very much like some hentai tentacle uh-huh. porn pulls this thing, like this thing just comes floating out of his face and stabs into the cigarette lighter hole. And, like, now he's funneling electricity into him. Yes. 
giving him more power. Thankfully, they didn't drain the fucking battery. Because <laughs> you think that's a that w- strong alternator that's keeping it going. Oh, right. Oh, okay. And then <laughs> this movie just drags so long. Dude, like. Uh. So, okay. Before we get to the. <laughs> To the last chase scene of the movie. Because there's another one. <laughs> Before we get there, we have to talk about the detour that Dr. Jennings takes with Beverly. And this is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and, and this is the scene where he ties up Beverly in some of the worst knots imaginable. And he puts in the back of the, of the semi. And keep in mind, this was right after we just saw the duck penis come out of his face. So yep. we're over here thinking, like, maybe he's into bondage. Maybe, yeah, yeah. That's, that's his thing. That's his kink. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah. You boo, I guess. And this is the part where he goes into a nuclear reactor facility as a visitor because they just let visitors. Very Simpsons, by the way. Very much Simpsons. Yeah, (laughs) you get the vibe that Homer Simpson is working there somewhere, right? Pushing buttons that he shouldn't be pushing. And uh, he just uses his powers to access like the very poorly guarded, like nuclear reactor center. And at this moment is when we get the hero fanfare. Right. And I'm like, this is fucking hero music, bro. Like, ah. And he just, like, as he walks into this room full of light and holds up his arms. Right. Almost like Jesus pose. Like, like I have risen. I have you know? risen. And there's this bright light that he's embracing. And there's this hero music playing. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on here? Maybe that was their poor attempt at satire. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but it didn't land. No, it didn't. And then you know what happens? He fucking leaves. He and they walk, con- and like makes a door through the wall. And they and continue the with out. their journey. So again, we didn't need the scene. We didn't need the scene. We didn't need to see him get more power. Because we just didn't need it. It didn't serve any purpose. And so... We didn't need the... the- Duck penis scene either. We didn't need that scene either. Definitely not. And so speaking of scenes that go on way too long, we get the, I I, I think I, if I timed it correctly, it's about a 10 minute long chase sequence. I will take the pod racing scene from episode <laughs> one three times over this fucking chase scene. Oh my goodness. You could tell this movie was proud of this chase sequence. They were For prime. one, they 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 used a device, a, a vehicle that has not been popular since this time period. Which oh, by the way, it just happened to be there, right? Oh yeah, it just happened to be at the <laughs> outside of this fucking diner, right? A para a paraglider, like a uh, a paraplane, Sorry, paraplane, paraplane, yeah. yeah. And it's Filzy and Howard who are riding in this thing. And, of course, Howard is the one driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Howard's driving in a fucking... He has a fucking flaming helmet. Mm-hmm. A flame helmet. Like, straight-up biker flame helmet. Right. And this this scene goes on forever. It chases through some small town. Yeah. Some, like, over, uh, over a massive lake. Yeah. Under a bridge. Uh-huh. And, like, the movie's just so impressed with itself. But I'm like, can we please just... We could have we wrapped this movie up half an hour ago. We could have. 
We totally could have. We absolutely And of course, oh, disaster happens. The fuel line (laughs) comes unplugged. Well, there's something wrong with it. Phil's is over here like, there's something wrong. Everything is shot. And it was like, we're not going anywhere, Philzy. You're going to fix, fix this it. plane. And I'm like, what? Because, like, Philzy's, what he said was the, the fuel line is, is like, shot and the rudder is broken. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, you guys are fucked then. Yeah, like, there's no way to, yeah. to fix that. Like, no, not not in the air. But not what with does, untrained motherfuckers doing it. Right, in mid-flight. But what does Philzy do? Oh, well, the problem is just, like, this one tube came undone. All I do is plug it back in. At one point, I think he cut it for some reason. Yeah, I I don't fucking know. (laughs) And then he just plugs it back Mm -hmm. in, and it's working. Fixes the issue. But at this point, though, because it's working now, it flies faster. Oh, yeah. And it almost knocks uh, Filzy off. Yeah, yeah. Almost knocks him off. He's uh, dangling upside down on a fucking paraplane. Being flown by a an alien duck. For those of you who do not know what a paraplane actually is, it is a basically a paraglider mm-hmm. attached to a go-kart. Yeah, that's a very apt description. And that is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and th- they are eluding these cop cars like it's just the most high-speed chase ever. It reminds me of the scene in uh, in South Park when Cartman is on like the the tricycle <laughs> and the cops are behind him and they and they're wrecking <laughs> they can't catch him oh i definitely made comments of this like there were so many times where they almost ran into something right in front of them mm-hmm. and narrowly fl- floated over it oh yeah and then the cops behind them <laughs> slammed into the fucking vehicle or building or obstruction Every time. Every time. This happened like five times. Right. Oh, and we never uh, mentioned that like the, the head detective that's over the case at the science facility place, he just has a, a murder boner for Howard. I mean, and even at one point he goes, bring me that duck, dead or alive. And I'm like, but actually, why? I've actually seen that actor, and he actually, I want to say it is... Uh, I think it's in either Law and Order or um, one of those mm-hmm. cop shows. Nothing like this character. He's actually a decent actor. He's yeah. really good at it. And like, I don't know what the fuck. He didn't have any hair like now though. Like, like his his long luxurious hair. That that hair was also uh, distracting that he had. Yeah, it was it was kind of weird because it I think was. it was starting to go bald. It, it was starting to be a little Hulk Hoganish. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he had the the flowy locks in uh-huh. this in this movie. But now, like he's an actor that plays in a lot of those cop shows. Like so, I've seen him before. Mm. It took me a minute because he's he's you know slimmer and has hair. All right. But I'm over here like, oh my god. Yeah. Like. I respected you, man. <laughs> Honestly, I say that about mm-hmm. pretty much everybody, everybody in, in this movie. movie. Yeah. It's like, I respected you. Right. How did you make this fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, long story short, uh, Howard and, and Philzy, they are able to navigate their way back to the science facility uh, where uh, possessed Dr. Jennings and Beverly are. And, uh, and when Philzy and Howard enter... Uh, Oz called this from a mile away what the solution was. What was the solution, Oz, to stop Dr. Jennings? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God. 
Oh, just all of this. <laughs> oh. This. Big fucking gun. BFG, folks. <laughs> BFG. A big fucking gun. <laughs> that's how you stop Dr. Jennings. Hey, that's how you stop almost anything, all right? A big fucking a big gun. fucking gun. <laughs> and so this is when Hara uses quack food to kick open a fucking door. Like like a big ass metal door. Yeah, like a set of double doors. Yeah. He kicks the shit out of them and they fly right the fuck open. <laughs> but can't get past a locked door. Nope. Like with a padlock on it. Like nope. it, no, it, that's it too required much. Filzy mm-hmm. with a set of bolt cutters. Yep. He doesn't use them the way intended. He instead uses them as a hammer yep. and smashes it open. And then they're able to keep this this BF they get this BFG who feels he says something about uh, uh, what the, the military didn't you know want to pay to use this kind of technology or blah blah blah. It's something along those yeah. bullshit lines. I'm like, but it so, really, honest to God, and this is another I think another source of uh, inspiration for them. This gun reminded me of the shrink ray for how I uh, how honey, honey I shrunk, I shrunk the squ- kids. Shrunk the kids. It reminds me very oh. much of that. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks very much like that. It, it does. Yeah, it, it really does. <laughs> and uh, so they attach this gun to like this kind of like golf cart. Yeah, thing? golf cart thing. Like one of those carts to use to get around like a big facility. Yeah, it makes no sense why yeah. they have that. Like very Austin Powers, like how that. Like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, very much like that. Very yeah. much. And they attach the BFG to that, and uh, and so their their goal is to drive up and shoot Jennings with it. And to stop him from summoning his cohorts down to Earth because their their goal is to destroy the Earth because of course it is because they're the dark overlords <laughs> of the universe. Listen, when you refer to yourself as a, the dark overlord of the universe, you have to destroy everything. Have okay, to. all right, come on, man, get with the program. <laughs> this is what we do. Holy shit! Okay. We, we, we kind of glossed over, yep. like, after Dr. Jennings got his super, you know, supercharged from yep. that radioactive, like, he very much had a Rick Sanchez vibe <laughs> to him. He did. Like, with his spiked up, like, like fro hair. Uh-huh. Um, like, the, like, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rough. Yeah, he was looking like pure ass. <laughs> he was not looking good here. He he was yeah. But, 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 uh, but by the time we actually get to see Doctor Jennings in this scene, when they mm. finally burst in, he's kind of hunched over with like right. these spines coming, like spikes coming out of his yeah, back. Yeah, think of like a stegosaurus. Like but, that's kind of what's going on with his back. Yeah, like I mean, he's starting to look more like a creature. Which you mm-hmm. know, at the time, I like honestly, I didn't hate very like I, hate, I didn't hate it. Yeah, like at least they were starting to make it look like something that like would cause some like. He's not just some crazed old scientist with right. thing possessing him. Because for the longest time, like I thought the movie was going to do a cop out because you know earlier he says something like, uh, "My true form would be too disturbing for the human eyes." <laughs> <laughs> and so Which I thought is the reason why they need hosts, right? Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> motherfucker! Uh, if you are the Dark overlords mm-hmm. of the universe. Why would you give a fuck? Why would you give a fuck <laughs> about the way you were presented? Okay, and so now, of course, there's an activation sequence, you know, mm, to, yeah. to to open up the the thing or the portal or whatever. 
Uh, but Howard and Filsey get there just in time to, uh, you know, to save Beverly and then to stop Dr. Jennings. Uh, and not before a massive amount of Dr. Jennings using his, uh, you know, pro- proton blaster uh, out of his hands. Well, uh, well, uh, Howard uses his own, you know, proton pack from the BFG. Yeah. You know, and so that's what it looks like. It looks like crossing the beams and Ghostbusters. Oh, it was, it was very much like straight rip from the Ghostbusters. It, it was. And uh, there's a big explosion as the two beams meet each other. And uh, Howard's okay. Dr. Jennings is actually okay again. Uh, he looks like he's back to normal. And he says, the thing is not in me, but it's still here somewhere. And no one saw. No, no one saw this monstrous fucking beast get away. And this thing. And hide. This thing has like a stealth modifier of plus 35 because like no one knew where this motherfucker went to. And to the point where I was like, maybe is it a ghost? Like, right? Like, you know, ghost, you know, at yeah. this point, why the Be- fuck not? Because it, it possesses people or something, and yeah, it's like a ghost. I think they even referred to themselves as demons at one point. Yeah. Yeah. But no. No, no, no. no, no he no. was just hiding underneath the staircase. <laughs> like, underneath this little, like, walkway, and like, and then you hear, like, as they're freeing Beverly, all of a sudden you hear this rumbling. <laughs> and then I'm like, are they fucking... For real, like with this shit, and like, and it comes bursting out in the worst CGI. Well, stop motion, stop motion animation I've ever seen. I mean, even for '86, this is bad. This it was is like bad. a mixture between a centipede, scorpion. I don't like a. Yeah, like a centipede scorpion mixed with like a death claw from Fallout. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can give that. And like maybe even a little bit like fused with the vampires from uh, Blade, the, the ones that yeah. open their face up a little bit. And it does have like two heads, like two faces. Like one technically on his back. Yeah, that then, was so weird. Yeah, then it stands up and then there's the, the, the main face. Right, which is the only one that really, they really even utilize. Yeah. So why have two faces? <laughs> I don't know. And so now that to continue with this monstrosity, and I want to pause right here, guys. Go back to the very beginning of this movie. How the fuck did we get here? <laughs> like, so, like, and again, like we said, the first five minutes of the, well, the no, the first like minute and minute, a half yep. of the movie is like very much this, like, Private eye feel detective noir very, style, you know, very detective noir, or mm-hmm. you know, like even if you wanted to go the more comedy route, you know, who framed Roger yeah, Rabbit, yeah, you know, very much like that. Like, I would have right, loved that, right? I yeah. would have definitely loved that. And then we're here with this <laughs> 30 foot fucking, yeah, monstrosity. Sorry. Dark Overlord of the, the universe. Of the, of the Dark Dimension. Yep. <laughs> of the Dark Dimension. Um, this fucking thing. And, like, how is it not eating them right now? Because right. up until this point, you never get the feeling that Howard, Beverly, or mm-hmm. even Filzy are intelligent at, at all. all. <laughs> like, they're all morons. Very much so. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy, but worse. Away, because at least Guardians of the Galaxy have skill sets. Right, they have skill sets. 
Yeah, like these three don't. <laughs> they have nothing of the sort. And so what ends up happening is that Howard uses the BFG again and he's able to to while the 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 overlord yep. is like what was hit, he doing to Beverly and Philzy? I don't fucking know. He, like, hit, he them. Hit, hit him with a beam. Yeah. And they started like shimmering with colors and lights and stuff. And then they were screaming out, but like uh-huh. I, was, I was assuming they were just being in, put in pain. But, but they also couldn't move. They couldn't move. And like, were they vanishing? This like they were vanishing, but but why? Because if you're gonna if your whole plan is to bring your homeboys to, through and they needed bodies, why the fuck it doesn't make any sense. Why would you get rid of the shit that you said you needed? You said you need a human host, and now I don't so if you're if you're just putting them in stasis so that they don't move. I will give that a pass. Sure. That was not what he was but doing. That was not what he was doing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, then Howard uses the big ass fucking gun and blows this thing to like to 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 stardust. Yep. Very much like 80s explosion. Right. You know, bad guy stuff, so there's no remains left over. And then he proceeds to use it on. Doesn't he use the gun on the on, on the satellite thing yeah. or whatever? Yeah, and it, it explodes. Uh, while while we get this visual though <laughs> of this of three uh-huh. of these fucking dark overlords of the universe, they all look exactly the same. By the way, they exactly yeah. the same, and they're coming straight through this portal that Howard went through before. Uh-huh. And we're over here like, well, based on the logic that this movie has already yep. given us. That pieces of them are already coming because, like, we yeah. got Howard's feather right on, in this lab, and he landed two miles away. Right. Just blowing this thing up isn't going to do it. Yeah, because they're already on the way here because of the portal. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So technically, they may not land. It just means that they didn't land in Cleveland, but they landed somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> By this movie's logic, they are on Earth wreaking havoc. Yes. Earth is done. Earth is done, son. <laughs> We have dark overlords of the universe <laughs> fucking our planet up. Yep. That's what's going on right now. Sorry, Ohio. Yep. Okay. So for all they know, they saved the day. Everything is good and great in the world. And then uh, we get the scene at the end where uh, her band, uh, Be- Beverly's band, is playing like this big venue. And they're singing. Screaming fans. They're singing the song that I believe. Was that the song we played at the beginning of the yes, pod? Yep. yep. They're, they're playing that song, a tribute to Howard the Duck. His name is Howard the Duck. Yep. And then uh, because of shenanigans, Howard accidentally winds up on stage and they hand him a guitar. <laughs> all right. All right. So I pointed this shit out and it bugged the piss out of me. And like, we've made so many references to other 80s movies in this movie that they probably took or straight ripped from, especially since, you know, uh, Beverly's, uh, the actress who plays Beverly mm-hmm. played in this movie. It was a straight up Back to the Future ripoff of uh, Johnny B. Good yep. at the uh, ni- uh, 1955 dance. Howard is wearing very much a similar blazer tie, and the the guitar is red. I, I'm surprised he wasn't playing Go Johnny Go. Right, exactly. <laughs> they probably just didn't have the rights to it. Exactly, and so like he even starts doing the everything. Yep. Like he does the uh, the the um, he jumps off of stuff. He fucking does the the Jimi Hendrix, yep. and he does uh, he does the power slide. And I'm like. Straight up Marty McFly. I can't fucking do this, man. <laughs> like, 
I thought this movie was done disappointing me, and it hit it even harder at the end. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? And that's how the movie ends, folks. That yeah. that that is Howard the Duck. Congratulations, you guys now know the movie without ever having to put eyes upon it. The shit that we go through just for your entertainment. Oz hates me now. We're not friends anymore because I made him watch this movie. Nope, I'm killing his D and D character. Shit. <laughs> you see, you see what you see what we do for you. How much we sacrifice. That. This movie has been an experience, man. Bro, like, I had to step outside for fresh air. Yeah, he did. Like, oh, And you oh know what? God. Uh, spoiler alert uh, for my score on Ant-Man 3, but I'll just say this. I, had, I have to change my score now because I, what I just saw makes Ant-Man 3 look like goddamn Terminator 2. I can, I can see. Like, yeah. I, I think I even made this same joke. Uh, uh. This movie actually made me like Green Lantern again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which, by the way, we didn't. I, I, I didn't touch on that. Uh-huh. I made this reference quite often with Doctor Jennings. He gave off serious Hector Hammond vibes. Yeah. Oh Just my god. Take away like the actual acting capabilities yeah. and, and like you know the the actual story of right. how he became Hector Hammond, the, uh-huh. the, the crazed. Yeah, it's very much like that, but bad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's Howard the Duck. So, uh, does Howard the Duck go home? No. Uh, do they bother answering any any questions about Howard, his home world, the dark dimension? No. Do they uh, address any of the the issues or themes from the comic books? The reason why people like Howard the Duck comic books in the first place: the existentialism. Uh, the the slight nihilism or the uh, uh, the the social commentary uh, do they address any of that? No. What they do is they make a bad comedy movie about a duck from outer space. I will give them one thing. Okay, let me hear it. You and I both. This got us. Mm-hmm. It was during the scene where uh, Doctor Jennings. Yep. Had Beverly attached to the machine. Go ahead. And Howard and Filzy come barging in with the big fucking gun. And at some point, (laughs) Beverly goes, Howard, you have to stop him. And Dr. Jennings turns to her and goes, (laughs) There was one actual genuine laugh in this movie. He goes, Shut up. Guys, <laughs> you got it. You had to see it. It's, it was just the moment. How it was, bad yeah. everything has been up until this point. It just got it. broke us. <laughs> Bro, I think we were already primed. We were, yeah. we were just like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> nah, shut up. <laughs> and it was so simple, but it got us. And it, it got did, us good. It did so bad. <laughs> Holy shit, man, this movie. So, as it is with basically all really bad movies, it has a cult following. It does. And here's the thing. I, I, I'm not mad at cult followings, people who like bad movies. My only thing is this. 
it is completely okay for movies like Howard the Duck to have this cult following. All I ask is that you be sensible and reasonable and at least admit that this is a god-awful movie. And maybe that's why you like it. And it is okay to like horrible yeah. movies. 100%. It's superhero homies rule number 10. Love what you love. Exactly. I am like the epitome of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. And that's why I invited you on because I was like, out of all, out of all the friends I could have on this podcast who uh, would watch this movie with me, Oz is the most likely to find joy. So the fact that Oz hates this movie speaks volumes. <sighs> If I hated it or Kevin or Caleb hates it or Joe hates it, that's kind of par for the course. But the fact that Oz admits that this is a terrible movie, that should be enough. Yeah. It's, it's very bad. <laughs> like, I'm almost in tears. Yes. <laughs> and and also think about it like this. We watched the movie and then for the past two hours, we just had to relive it. I know. Like, honestly, the cold open helped me yeah. recenter. Uh-huh. And then you fucked me up by talking about it again. <laughs> well, I think that we, we've we lived in, in Duck World long enough. And it is time now for us to... I think to, the movie would have been better if it was in Duck World. It would have been. <laughs> but that would have been way more money because everyone would have to be... Ducks. Yeah. Also, uh, it is... We do have to adjust one more criticism that the movie received that we actually did not talk about. And that is the fact that just like Chucky in the first Child's Play movie, Howard the Duck's size alters depending on who is in the fucking suit. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, yes. my God. Oh, that, that was a thing. Yeah. Because, like, uh, I, I remember at one point we paused it. Mm-hmm. And, like, we noticed that there were, like. There were, like, seven se- people. Seven people that are responsible for how uh, Howard the Duck being a character. Yeah. Like, we had uh, two body actors. At uh, least, yeah. uh, I think maybe two puppeteers for the face, right? And the voice, and the voice actor. actor. Yep. So I'm just like, that's ridiculous. It's so much. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. Uh, but yeah, homies, that's Howard the Duck. Hmm. Um, and the good news is, is that just like with most bad movies. While the movie may have been ass, the review has been so much fun. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that my discomfort has made some great radio, I think. <laughs> yes. Yes, oh. it has. Some great <laughs> podcasting. Oh. Uh, like, I- I've had a blast with you, brother. Uh, Dude, reviewing yeah. Reviewing this, this movie. Is, uh, I-, I can't remember how many times I looked over to you as like, don't ever ask me to do this. Yeah, I and I can feel your eyes burrowing into the side of my head. And I'm like, I can't look at Oz right now. It'll break me. If I look at him right now, it will break me. Just the sheer disdain. I could feel coming from you. I couldn't do it. Could not do it. Uh, so, yeah, homies, I'm going to we're going to go ahead and go now. I'm going to try to figure out a way to regain Oz's trust. Uh, <laughs> But in the meantime, homies, be sure to check uh, check out Tavern Notice Board if you have not done so already. It is a fantastic and refreshing D&D podcast. I can definitely promise you that. Uh, One that you guys have not seen the likes of before. I am even on an episode of that as well. Yes, you are. Yes. And I look forward to being on there again in the future. Indeed, sir. Indeed. And uh, I know you have more episodes coming up soon. We already talked about the uh, the D and D movie episode in late March. Uh, you wrapping up that's uh, uh, 
Legends of Vox Machina, and uh, you resuming your uh, the, the, the normal podcasting format for your show uh, with the homie Dylan coming on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking forward to all that. So guys, be sure to check that out. But I think that's enough of Howard the Duck for now. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. But Oz, brother, thank you again for being on. This has truly been a blast. The podcast, yes. <laughs> I agree with you. My, the, tr- my, my, my trust is shaking. So. I, I, I get it. <laughs> and the bad thing is there's a high probability that you're going to dream about this movie tonight. Oh, don't, 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 <laughs> don't. <laughs> So, homies, that's going to be all for now. But thank you guys again for listening in. We will see you guys again soon. But until next time, my name is Superhero Homie Q. And I am Superhero Homie Oz.